Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 204, episode 2 of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It is Tuesday, October 5th, 2021, spooky season. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Soak me in a BYU dorm nightly while my friend shakes the bed. Don't move, don't move a single inch, you stay completely still, I'll do a plank. Oh, soak me. That is courtesy of Get Vexed uh, on Twitter. They said it was courtesy of the Cranberries, but that, that song is actually uh, by Sixpence and I'm the Richer, but your brain blocked that uh, band name out because it is the most annoying band name <laughs> of all time, maybe. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! So don't come around to, uh oh the comedist gave thumbs down a no. <laughs> and for those people who don't remember that, we were talking about how comedists from Gladiator may have been the origins of thumbs up and thumbs downing yeah. our culture into oblivion. Shout out to Andrew Bubb on the Discord, because I, I really miss that song, Dirk Commissar. Also... It is October 5th, and we got to, forgot to tell you, it oh, is shit. National Get Funky Day. National oh. Get Funky Day. Yeah. So Fortune. however you got to get funky, you, you go off and fucking do that. But I almost felt funky. like I didn't need to tell people. It's like right. Christmas, Halloween, and National Get Funky Day are like the days uh, <laughs> that we all have marked on our calendar. <laughs> right, but right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Happy National Get Funky Day to you all. They, they say, hey, get funky and get out of your funk <laughs> from the people who are trying to <laughs> promote it. So get out there. Who are these people? We, we really need to look into the... Uh, international day industrial complex because yeah. they're doing good work out there miles we're thrilled to be joined in our third seat uh, yes, by yes. one of the funniest stand-up comedians doing it she's the co-host of the scroll down on headgum and uh you could and should go get her stand-up album the woke bully uh please welcome the hilarious the talented marcella arguello marcella i got the best of you Ooh. but i just keep I'm coming back incessantly. Oh, why do they keep bringing me back on the show? Because I'm funny as fuck, even when I make you bitches mad. I just improvised that. Thank you. I was trying to get funky with you guys. Thank you, Mariah. I got scared. I was like, is that enough syllables? Yes, I got there. No, you got (laughs) it. See, you got the gift. Do you freestyle Thanks, rap ever? I I used to, and then I embarrassed myself at a television show. No, I get it, but show, so. you 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 are displaying the qualities of someone who does freestyle because you're like, let me fit these syllables in. I got <laughs> it. I got this, and I landed the plane. I'm like, okay. I, I was see nervous. You're in a cipher with a backpack on. <laughs> I was nervous halfway through. I was like, I think I'm not going to get it. <laughs> no, you landed. I'm sorry. It, you Sully. said you, you embarrassed it. yourself at a Talib Kweli show. Yeah, I, they Talib was late. Also, fuck Talib Kweli. He's like really a piece of shit online to women. But anyways, he was hella late at a show in Modesto. This was years ago, probably like 15 years ago, maybe. And he was hella late. So they were just like letting people freestyle on stage. <laughs> oh, and my God. Get, yeah. <laughs> shout out to the fat cat. And, and all that shout shit. out Modesto. But it was hella funny because I, th- this used to be fact. I, I don't even know. I, I might have already been doing comedy. I don't remember. But this was back when, like, if I was ever out anywhere at, like, a show or something and there was no women performing, I would fucking insert myself 
I didn't give a fuck what my skill level was. I was like, right, I right. don't give a fuck. And that was one of those situations where like, oh, it's just a bunch of guys freestyling and they're not even good and it kind of fucking sucks. So I went on stage and people were just got hyped because I was a woman on stage. Yeah. It was fucking ridiculous. Like, Here she comes. <laughs> but it was not good. Wow. <laughs> it was not good. Do you remember was... the beat that was playing? I don't. I have a really cool picture though. I looked like a badass. Um, oh, like but... with you on, like rocking the mic? Yeah. Oh, I'm I like, oh, I'm like, please find that like, shit. Yes. You know, like my hand is up. I'm like, <laughs> right, right, was, right. It was on Facebook. I don't know where it is anymore, but it was Man. a cool pick. Oh, yeah. That's fucking cool. That is the best retirement from freestyle story yeah. that I could possibly imagine. <laughs> you know what? I also freestyled at a, what, what, you know, all those white kids that have like UCB rap shows? It was one of those type things. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> who was Eliza Skinner? Maybe, maybe it was that, and and they had me on, and I can like pre-write a really good rap, obviously, but like uh, freestyle. But what's funny is I wasn't even that good, but I embarrassed over Mike Eagle that night. I made him look bad, and I was better than him, and that uh, fucked with people a little bit. Damn. And I I said I insulted him or something. I forget what I said. I don't know. I just made fun of him. We should have you and Mike on to have the healing session. All right, Marcel, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, a couple of things we're talking about. We are going to check back in with Christy Nome and her stance on nepotism. It's just a just a good old-fashioned story of local nepotism. Yeah. We'll talk about, uh, we'll do a, a piece of good news. The world's oldest rainforest was just handed back to uh, its indigenous owners. So we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about the Pandora Papers, of course. We will ask whether Facebook is in trouble and what that means for the rest of us. All of that. We might even get to Diana, the musical. Uh, you have to. More. I saw part of it. <laughs> oh, you did? I Off the strength of it, I caught the first <laughs> act and I'm like, oh my goodness. Wow. Okay. We are, ta- we are definitely, we might just talk about Diana, the musical. <laughs> but all of that, plenty more. But first, Marcella, we do like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history? I had to Google San Francisco Fleet Week because I didn't know what the fuck that was. Mm. And um, I'm in Modesto, California right now. And we've been having uh, these. I've just been me and my brother have been noticing these little like cute little planes in like multiple planes at once forward just crisscrossing. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then my friend in, who lives in San Francisco was like, it's Fleet Week. And I was like, what the fuck is Fleet Week? And then I fucking put the thoughts together once I hit the Google. I didn't read about it because I don't give a shit. It just feels like a waste of money. Oh, yeah. Mm. But yeah, I guess that's happening this week. And uh, they are practicing in Modesto, California. Right. And so what? what is it? It's when all the... They do fucking air shows or some stupid yeah, shit. Yeah, but it's like a thing where like a lot of the like Navy people, Coast Guard, like ship-based military, like come to town. Mm-hmm. I, it's It's been a thing for like a minute. But for I know. a long right. time. And then they they'll just... have air shows and shit. It's just kind of yeah. like, yo, we're here. We're, we're in the yeah. city. They have potholes all over the city, but they're using the money for fucking Fleet Week. Right. Hey. I, I associate it with like old timey, like a bunch of sailors mm-hmm. in their in their uh, whites, just like walking around and uh, yeah, exactly causing like, trouble, getting into fights and in bars on the Lower East Side or whatever. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. happens. And then yeah. you get a little Blue Angels, you know, mm-hmm. a party going on there too. It's one wow. of those traditions that feels really childish. Yeah. Yeah. I think they need to pick one. Why? Why? Why the planes? Isn't that, aren't they supposed to be on the water? What's happening? Because well, they're, they're launched from the aircraft carrier. I don't. It's the yeah. <laughs> well, fuck it. Whatever. I'm no military expert, but I, I say. I mean, pick that's one. a good thing, right? The Navy. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm sure gonna, I'm going to get hate mail for mentioning that, right? So I'm going to be like, I served, and it's a very important tradition. Nah, I feel like a lot of the people that served and listened to the show, like, they come through with and very enlightening opinions on they're like yeah I this is what's so. fucked up about the military i'm like thank you for that and they're gonna be like it adds millions of dollars to the local economy <laughs> i feel like that's the what are you like ted cruz <laughs> <laughs> ted cruz is a big fan yeah 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 he does like the daily zeitgeist weird what is something you think is overrated okay i actually thought about this one because i know i'm not always you know very good at this no you're, I think... you're one of the greats thank you I think that 90s movies are overrated in terms of content. You know, people mm. are like, oh, that used to be my favorite movie. And then you watch <laughs> it and you're like, they're being transphobic. They're being homophobic. This is like all this movie is sexism. I mean, and and, and racism and all the isms. And then, and so like the, the nostalgia lies in like you enjoyed it as a little kid, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, I would argue that the only movie that stands the test of time, which is an 80s movie, is Labyrinth. But that has more to do with David Bowie's balls His than balls. anything else. Cod yeah. piece. Mm. <laughs> so hot. But yeah, I, I always think like 90s, like Ace Ventura, a great example of something that like, oh, when you yeah, go back, yeah. you're like, whoa. Horrifically we, transphobic. Yeah. You're like, oh my God. And we were and kids I, yeah. like enjoying it. Like, oh yeah, right. that's gross. It, and I'm like, that, it's the it's, worst case of hemorrhoids anyone has ever seen. Oh my God. And yes. then you're like, then you get older, you're like, Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. Super <laughs> like, bad. What is this? And, and for a while, I didn't even connect the two until I got much older. Right. I was just like, I don't know, maybe the the, the, the character, uh, what is it, uh, Einhorn shitter pants. And right. I was just like, no concept of anything else. Yeah. And then you get older and you're like, oh, whoa. But oh. see, that's how they fucking infiltrate your brain. And like, you don't even realize why you're transphobic when you yeah, get a, like, when you're a teenager, you know, you're just like, why yeah, am yeah. I so trans? And it's like, dude, the images were there since you were a kid. So that's overrated. What I think is underrated about 90s movies is the length. When can we go back to hour and a half movies in theaters? Because <laughs> right. these stories are too long. They, they just, they don't know how to edit down anymore. And it's what did you see recently annoying. that made you feel like that? I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you. It's just everything. It feels like they're just too long. Because, you know, when especially especially as someone in the industry, I'm just like, how did this not get cut out? It's pointless. Right. Even mm. even going down to shows. Like, I've been watching the morning show, and I'm like, this should not be an hour. These scenes could be so much shorter if right. they just focused on the editing. Right. So I think the length of shit is too long. Yeah, that's dicks. kind of... Because, like, I remember over the weekend, I was talking to Anna about the Sopranos movie, and she's like, oh, it's three hours. And I said, Ugh. what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. Three hours? And I immediately was, like, having to have this, like, crossroads. I'm like, I don't, I, I'll never, I don't, it's very hard for me to say, I'm going to give you three hours just right? like that. Even though I will casually sit down and watch, like, nine episodes of a reality show, and next thing I know, it's, you know, three in the morning. But so. Real quick, I was just about to bring that same thing up, but it looks like it's a it's just two hours. So Oh thank God. It just shows you how I'm on a hair trigger when it comes to long movies. No, but two I know. hours is still long for a movie. <laughs> yeah. Two it's... hours is the most. Is the most. Absolute peak, I feel like. Really? Unless I think that's it's still some too epic. Much. But even yeah, then. I don't know. I feel like everything can be shortened down a little bit. Sure. Yeah. I also yeah. feel like if it's if it is over two hours, it's like just make a series. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's turn this into, you know, like yeah. the Irishman. How long was that? That was over three hours. Yeah. Know. And you're like, the felt like for? an eternity. It felt like a fucking lifetime. 
I mean, the other thing is, on, like, part of the reason I don't even watch some of these things is because they're too long. I'm like, I'm not going to sit down and watch this. This is They're not going to get it from me. I, I right. My attention span, maybe the shout out to ADHD. I mean, maybe it's that, but um, I just, ugh, it's a movie. The Irishman is three and a half hours long. <laughs> Which one? So, the Irishman. Ugh. That's, for what? For what? Like exactly. Exactly. To watch an Irishman? No, thank you. Yeah, I'm good. I have to see plenty of those. <laughs> yeah, the the '90s thing is really funny too, because like even like when I watch The Office, right? Mm-hmm. There's times I I love The Office. Like I've watched it so many times, I can fucking I can say every line from that show. But then there's a lot of nuance in it where like you just see a lot of casual ignorance just be kind of like skirted when like mm-hmm. when I'm like now I'm like no, 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 no y- y'all should dead that right there. Right. Please dead right. that for the good of society. Or even like in a lot of '90s films too. When I go back and watch. It, it really does have you have a kind of a moment where you're like, I'm not actually enjoying watching this because I'm I've just gained more experience and empathy over the years. But I also just love the memory, though, of like that time, right. which is me eating an ice cream watching it. But not just that, because I think about how like I can still watch Seinfeld and like, you know, Elaine pushes their asses on sexism and like mm-hmm. even like the whole like the gay episode. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, that was the 90s. So it's like it's proof that 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 those ideologies were already existing on both ends but it sure. was like who was making what so especially when i watch seinfeld i'm like oh so it is possible so they some of the people did know they just didn't give a shit like they really just leaned into their their isms and it and it shows when you watch anything especially from the 90s yeah yeah seinfeld is gonna be when, when does that like netflix run it's kick on off? It's right now yeah it's, it's on, on. Now. i think it was yesterday two days ago yeah oh, okay yeah it's back, baby. I'm ready. Is is that? Do you think that that's going to have like the resurgence to like Friends or The Office had like where people? Because I f- I do feel like it was so huge at the time, and now younger people like don't really fuck with it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, it's been on Hulu this whole time, so it's not like people didn't yeah. have access to it, right? And uh, I don't know. I think I think a lot of young people who just see four white faces and they're like, I'm not going to watch this, which is understandable. But you're right. right. Friends had a little resurgence. I just I don't think it would be possible because of the whole Michael Richards incident that has right. like, really followed them. And I just don't think like Julia Louis-Dreyfus would be down anyways. Just like eh, for what? Yeah. And also <laughs> like Seinfeld isn't the best. Like. I feel like, but like his politics are oh, pretty yeah. whack. Yeah, 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 yeah. His stand up has gotten like so fucking bad. Like, I mean, his stand up wasn't great to begin with. I mean, right. I, it was funny to me because I was twelve when right. I watched it. You know, but like now yeah. it's like, oh, this isn't even funny. But you can see why working as a team can make a bit funnier. You know, like because right. some of his bits were like the premises were. You're like, okay, this is interesting. That's solid, yeah. Oh my god, Bobcat Goldthwait, fucking! I guess they hate each other. I did a show where he was talking shit. It was so <laughs> funny. I, I guess he he spent the nineties calling Seinfeld's comedy pedestrian. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck yeah! Oh I my god, he that. was talking shit at a one show we were on together, and I loved every second. It was right out. Remember how comedians and cars getting coffee? The whole Bridget thing, and they edited it out, and it was Bobcat. I mean, I'm sure you guys heard it was Bobcat. Wait, the what? Wait, I don't know the Bridget? one of the episodes. Uh-huh. Bridget Everett and Seinfeld are talking about a comic but it gets edited and it, and jerry expresses how much he doesn't like this person which is uh, not like him he never publicly shits on anybody and so uh it, like people i don't know the internet did its thing and they figured out that it was bobcat and then bobcat was talking about it on stage like 
I saw, I performed with him like a few months after that shit went down. I don't know what season it was. It was the second or third season of Comedians and Cars that Bridget's on. And um, yeah, he was just talking shit about him. And it was so fun. And I love Seinfeld. I love the TV show. And I love the stand-up back in the day. I don't love it anymore. Um, right. I was actually got into a debate with an older comic about it. Because I'm like, he's not that funny anymore. And she's like, but he is. And I'm like, no, no, no. He's doing the same thing, exact same thing he did in right. the 90s. And it's not funny anymore. And it really wasn't yeah. funny to begin with. But at the time, it was like, quote, unquote, innovative, you know? Right. What's the deal with right. what he was doing Because even Bobcat moved past from like, thank you very much. It's good to be. Exactly. And then you're like, yo, that shit was killing, though. But I know, was. He, he had a vision. And I'm like, and I've, I've, yeah, I've been such a huge fan of his. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and you're right, though. He has evolved. He's a different comic than, than he was back then. But he's still yeah. very funny. Yeah. But yeah. you're right. If you don't do, evolve as a comic, you, you're not going to Yeah, because, I mean, imagine him doing that shit now. I mean, I would love it for the nostalgia. Like, if he brought it back for, like, one show, like, oh, that's interesting. But if he can, if he was, like, he never got past that, I think people would be like, I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he has a good sense of humor about it, too. Yeah. Because I, 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 like, I, brought, I, I, like, mentioned to my mom, because I've done multiple shows with him, and I mentioned it to my mom, and she, like, did the voice. And it was so funny, and I did it in front of him on stage, and he fucking busted up laughing. Yeah. It was just that thing of, like, I mean, that's how we associate him with, and yeah. I'm glad he doesn't, like, look down on it, you know? Right, yeah. right, right. I feel like Seinfeld's sense of humor has, like, is kind of locked in where it was, like, at the there, mm -hmm. there's that, like, theory that, like, famous people, like, stop evolving at the peak of their fame, because right. that's just, like, the most adulation they've ever gotten, and also they kind of get surrounded by people who are are just telling them whatever they want to hear. And right. I feel like for Seinfeld, that's it's like Michael Jordan's sense of fashion. It's just yeah. like that's right. it's going to be nineteen ninety four forever. Yeah, for both he's of those definitely, guys. He's not like on a program where he's like, oh, like excess is bad. He's like why don't you have a Mercedes? Why don't you have nine cars? Like that's the only episode the I saw of that show was with Zach Galifianakis, and he was like, "Your house sucks." I was like, yeah, "What the like, fuck?" Easy. Yeah, like he's living how he wants to. I just thought you would have lived in a nicer house. It's like okay, a Subaru. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the one that evolved the least for sure. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back to talk about some news and we're back and christy gnome is defending herself from nepotism accusations by just like admitting she did nepotism kind She's of like yeah okay maybe i did that shit but not <laughs> yeah. the way you think <laughs> right <laughs> so yeah Yo, she's been in the news for last week. That story came out, the rumor that she was sleeping with Corey Lewandowski from Trump mm. World. Like, they were having an affair, and then she's like, I love my husband, whatever. She's like, we raised God-fearing children together. I'm off this. Like, this is a bad rumor. And people were like, wow, okay. That, by addressing it, it seems a little bit more guilty, but hey, right. do you, Christy? You got to do you. And now... She's like over the last, you know, two weeks or so, this nepotism thing has been getting louder and louder and louder. And because here's the deal, uh, you know, her daughter just if, like about two years ago, she wanted to be a real estate appraiser. But, you know, like the tests and certifications were just like so unfair that the board denied her application and certification. I mean, and the state says that 
They will like in order to have your certification denied, it's denied when, quote, an applicant's work samples don't meet minimum compliance with national standards. Mm. Hmm. I mean, try to imagine how bad her application must have been <laughs> for her to not get the approval yeah. in the first place when her mom is Christy No. Like, First of all, yeah. the application was in crayon. I don't know if you guys right. know. Right. It um, must have been. It must have literally been in crayon. Like, he's like, you three words someone else's application on <laughs> yeah. top of this with crayon. Like, it's not even your name, miss. <laughs> oh, okay. So this all these biases and things I got to overcome now. Uh, and I mean, look, no shade to, you know, real estate applications. It seems fairly straightforward to get licensed i know an appraiser like this specific certification might be a little more specific i'm sure but, however it's sure seems it's like hard anything... for a lot of people but not the not her you wouldn't well, like yeah. this because the the moment that they denied this the meeting that you're about to describe was like set in motion and they yeah. had to have known that like there, they had yeah, there to was have no known, oh, only one option so the uh <laughs> certification denied Governor Mommy coming through and demand demanded a fucking soprano style sit down with Sherry Bren, who is the manager of the appraiser certification program, her direct supervisor and the state Ooh. secretary of labor and talk to her daughter and her daughter, and wow, her daughter, her daughter the was there. Okay. I do like that she did a let me talk to your uh, manager with the uh, I'd like and to your meet manager with you as well. and your direct supervisor. <laughs> I need to speak to everyone's manager. So who's your manager? Okay, their manager as well. And who's yours? Them too. I yeah. just love that she she did all that when she could have just hired somebody to fill out the application. And you know, like you know <laughs> right. what I mean. Like there's so the many ways work. you could have really played the system if you wanted oh to. Well, her daughter's yeah. trying to do it the right way, Marcel. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Failing spectacularly and then having her mother abuse the office, the power of her office to, to get this done. So oddly enough, a couple months after that meeting, boom, she's certified. Baby's certified and is ready to start appraising. Uh, appraise the Lord. But it is not nepotism. And Christy Nome did a vertical video apology. So you know she's fucking serious about this. So this is Governor Nome's self-taped it wasn't nepotism but very listen very closely to how she just even lets this unfold and i wanted to take a second to set the record straight i never once asked for special treatment for cassidy she is my daughter and i'm proud of her i raised her to accomplish things on her own just like my parents raised me other appraisers went through the exact same process that cassidy did right here and i'll be honest my administration started fixing that process and it was way too difficult. Appraisers weren't getting certified, and South Dakotans were having to wait much longer to buy a home than in other states. Okay, that's it. I don't even care about the rest that's of it. Funny. She straight up goes, "Yo, I didn't do nothing." However, we the have process was fixing unfair. the problem. Yeah, which <laughs> it was way too hard, way too difficult. I'm sorry. Did you? Is that a direct quote from your daughter? Mm -hmm. Mom, it's way too difficult. I don't <laughs> fucking. It's too difficult. I cut this application process and I had to fill it out all by myself. And there was nothing on it. Okay, okay, honey. Okay, we'll figure it out. Sherry, I need to see you tomorrow and bring your manager and her manager too. This is the governor. Bye. Thank you, mommy. Thank you. Yeah, no, I got it, baby. I know, honey. It's so unfair. I can't believe they made you read. I wonder if. I wonder if they don't know the difference between nepotism and incest. That's why she's like, it's not nepotism. <laughs> it's like, lady, do you even know what nepotism? Because you know, it sounds like she doesn't know what nepotism is. No. Yeah. 
It's really what it sounds like. I mean, especially when you then go on to say, however, we did have to fix some problems over in that place that made my daughter upset. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Okay. She's like, y'all, nepotism is disgusting. And that's why, obviously, I support abortions in the case of rape and nepotism. Right. And they're like, what the fuck? I also love that you can see the ring light in her eyes in that video. Yeah. That's yeah. my favorite when you're just like... And the you, glasses. Did you oh, keep her apology oh glasses? That's what I call them. You know it's an apology when someone who's not normally wearing glasses puts the glasses on or around their head. to kind. Of, right. I think it evokes that old thing for like Batman when the Joker's like, you wouldn't punch a guy with glasses. Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> oh, what a mess. Let me just take a break from all this uh, work I'm doing with my glasses to put them up on the top of my, <laughs> head, my head and apologize. You guys are a distraction. From the yeah, real she, job with she you. definitely took more time on hair and makeup than she did on the apology. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. Because then yeah, the, the content whole, the, isn't there, but mm-hmm. the next two minutes, it. it's just this is why it's so bad. You won't believe how long it takes to buy somebody a, to, to buy a house in in, in South Dakota because there's no appraisers. I mean, really, what I'm trying to do. She goes on to be like, I need to get more young people involved in this to give them opportunities because there shouldn't be so many obstacles to opportunity. Please don't look at my policies on education funding or uh, things as it relates to reservations. But uh, anyway, that's what I believe. As the it's like the classic white feminism story, right? Mm. Like they fucking want to adjust it for them and they think that that's helping everybody. Well, yeah, or use that very narrow like lens to say like the version of what is being experienced now is actually a- an oppressive force that right. we're trying to counteract versus yeah. my daughter is ill prepared. I probably raised her as such where whenever <laughs> she had a problem, mom would solve it without her having to learn a lesson, which has created runaway momentum for this baby adult who I've raised now who now screams when they don't get their appraisers. Oh, raised. my God. I just thought of. I've had my mom help me on one thing once when I was in high school. I think we had to we had to carve out the fucking what is that shit? shit the Sphinx, oh, uh-huh. like one of oh, those from styrofoam and shit. No, from soap. And uh, I yeah, so I, oh. I was trying to do it right, and I was like, "Mom, can you help me?" And she was like, "Yeah." And then she started doing it, and I was like, "Okay, let me." And she was like, "No, let me." And she finished <laughs> it. I didn't want her to. She just was yeah, like, well, yeah. you know what? You're going to mess this up. And I worked really hard on the back. So now I'm just going to do the whole face. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, the I, and the then hard she, part. yeah, and then we saved it. And to this day, when I look at it, I'm just like, Mm-mm, I will never that ask me. that woman for help again. She right. just fucking snatched it out of my hands. I mean, That's so- it, it's so weird when your parents are less like, let me do this thing for you. And you're like, but this has to that, do with my school. And yeah, like, this, right, if you're I fail, like, the I'm, opportunity. yeah. Let me She's fail like, on my own. No, because I got to show you, mom still got it with an exacto <laughs> knife and a bar of dial. Here we it go. It was so funny, but I we still have it. Sometimes I'll see it and I'm just like, this doesn't even mind. But she's like, right. oh, yeah, remember that when you made that? And I was like, I didn't make that. You made that. Like, stop telling the lie, mom. Yeah. It's funny. How, like... It's funny. The same, the one, it's so funny you say that. The one time my mom ever helped me with a school project was with a like an ancient Egypt diorama I had to build. Wow. And I was trying to make my own pyramids out of paper. And I, my dumb ass just didn't know how to fuck with geometry properly right. to get it. And my mom watched me struggle like Ooh, for hours. Good. And then until she was just like, yo, like you can't embarrass me like this when you bring this <laughs> shit in here. Like here, like just cut this paper like this and then just fold it and then it'll be, it'll look like a little pyramid. And I'm like, fuck. And that's, I remember like being dope. so self-conscious when I brought it. Like I was like, the teacher's going to know my mom did this. She's going to know <laughs> that my mom did the fucking paper pyramid. And no, it wasn't like no. that. But I'll never shake that feeling either. 
Yeah, it's so funny, right? Because I got an A on it, and I was like so upset that I got right. an A yeah. on it. Because I was like, that's well, not also, my A. For me too, like with you know, uh, Asian household, it's very much like sink or swim, motherfucker. Like, right. and if you fail, <laughs> I hope you're ready for the shame train because it's about to make a stop at this house, and you better wow. hop on. Uh, but like at the same time also became very much like able to rely on myself because I was like, you know what? Because I feel like every kid, like when book report time would come around, there was always that one kid, you know, like your mom fucking made that shit. Like, you didn't make this shit. I've seen you. You can't even color in the fucking lines. That's funny. And now you did a whole ass diorama out of a moving box. That's like to scale. No, no, I'm not doing that. My dad uh, helped me with math homework in sixth grade once, and I still remember it because it ultimately ended with him being like, your teacher's wrong about this. Wow, (laughs) that classic move. This doesn't make sense to me. And my poor teacher, who Mm -hmm. was like such a hard ass, she didn't give a fuck, but she was just like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. You're, great. Yeah. And so, and you're yeah. a basketball coach, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, why don't you uh, just add up the score? Because well, you can uh, only count to five, right? And do it in <laughs> ones, twos, and threes. Okay. But see, isn't that funny that we all have a story, and then we all are like, we very vividly remember it and how it made us yeah. feel, and how we still yeah. feel about it. And like Chrissy Noem's daughter is probably like, well, this is how it is sometimes for some people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like because you know I grew up around a lot of kids who were the children of celebrities. And they all have that similar thing, which is money has solved all of their problems right. since they can remember. And I mean, there are some kids who, you know, were raised to be a little more self-reliant, but many are like to the point where it's like you move in, you're like, yo, can you set up the Wi-Fi or something? Like they don't even know how to set up a Wi-Fi account, mm. like to even like, you know, you call the phone company and they're like, huh? And I'm like, fuck, bro. Did your mom always do this? Like, they'll be like, yeah, my mom got it covered. Like, yeah. We're still on the cool. parent plan. Come on now. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the Pandora Papers because it, it is slightly related in the sense that the, the U.S. is one of the key tax havens for a lot of this activity, in particular, the state of South Dakota. So she's <laughs> working overtime, time. making sure that, uh you know, they can get some business from South Dakota in particular, sheltering sheltering. Billions of dollars in wealth linked to people who have been accused of serious financial crimes is a quote from the reporting on the Pandora Papers. But it's basically a another leak like the Panama Papers, except even bigger. There's like more data in this leak than the Panama Papers. The journalists of the world are still kind of sifting through it because it's massive. But basically hundreds of world leaders, politicians, celebrities, religious leaders have been using offshore accounts to shield assets collectively worth trillions of dollars. The I really liked Oxfam's statement on this because it just like I feel like ra- the the way it's being reported for the most part is just like lifestyles of the rich and famous where like they got caught doing a bad a bad thing. And oh, it's like like, like uh 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 look yeah, at yeah. naughty billionaires. But Oxfam's statement was, this is where our missing hospitals are. This is where the pay packets sit of all the extra teachers and firefighters and public servants we need. Whenever a politician or business leader claims there is, quote, no money to pay for climate change and innovation, for more and better jobs, for a fair post-COVID recovery, for more overseas aid, they know where to look. Yeah. But yeah, they're just hiding all this money in all sorts of illegal ways that I don't fully understand. I'm not the person to explain it to you, but... It's fucked. The whole system is fucked. And it's so complex and legalistic that it it gives 
people that response of like, fuck, I don't even know where to start to like right. try and understand this shit. Sure. Yeah, nothing makes you feel more powerless in, in how the system is set up than when you when these types of stories are exposed. Yeah. Right. And then it's like, oh, what happened with the Panama Papers? Oh, one of the journalists was like assassinated. Mm -hmm. That's what mm -hmm. came of it. And then you're like, so what's with the what? What? I mean, that's what that'll put. It puts Biden in, in an interesting place because this shows that the U.S. is the worst of the offenders, <laughs> which is why. Yeah. And it's like, so you can clean this shit up because you're you had all this energy for, you know, people not paying their fair share. This looks like a real good example of some shit you could clean up. But. Will that happen? Oh, God. I mean, it's 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 hard to stay optimistic when you look at how many people just even in Congress are like, yeah, yeah, the earth can burn because uh, my corporate benefactors told me that's my take today. Yeah. Do you think Biden is looking forward to dying? <laughs> I, I think he probably thinks he's dead. You know, <laughs> I think we contain multitudes and, you know, there's probably not a conscious part of his brain that like wakes up and is like, ah, I wish I was dead. But I bet there are like. <laughs> A whole bunch of parts of his brain that are like, God damn it, can we just get this over with, please? Yeah. Come on, take me away, Lord. What did you say, Joe? Nothing, Jill. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. This is just one of those stories that, and I think we talked about this before, where it's like, this is why it's important to just focus on community, your community, and improving your community, because the fucking, the sense of like helping as an individual in the global right. spectrum of things, it's like, mm -hmm. You're not. These people are so corrupt and it's so much bigger than we can even wrap our fucking heads around. That yeah. It's like, just fucking focus on your family and your community and you will fucking get through this life, you know? Yeah. I do yeah. love the idea that like American exceptionalism were like, yeah, they must be hiding their money in like offshore accounts. And it's like, yeah, South Dakota. If that's, yeah, if that's what you Falls. consider Sioux Falls, <laughs> South Dakota is. Uh, that ain't yeah, one of the Cayman Islands. That offshore, bro. One of the politicians, the head of state for the Czech Republic, who is uh, has an election coming up, <laughs> made the statement that he knew this was going to happen just to swing <laughs> his election, which is oh like God. amazingly self-centered that he thinks that this thing with like global implications was was all designed to swing the Czech election. But uh his statement on it was, I never did anything illegal or wrong, which right. half of that is true. The illegality is completely independent of the wrongdoing. And that's sort of the problem. The legal system is set up in a horribly corrupt way. I do want to like kind of talk about the other side of that coin, though, because like so that story is about like really boring shit that's like hard to wrap your mind around where that people are using to do illegal shit and hoard money and deprive people of of money. But there's a, a great news story uh, about the world's oldest rainforest being handed back to its indigenous owners. It's in Queensland, Australia, at a ceremony last Wednesday. The Eastern Kuku Yilanji people, I'm fucking that up, I'm sure, took formal ownership of, of the land and it's like I, just digging into it a little bit, it was like a decades long process with the federal government. Like, you know, they did something to protect the land back in 1989, but then like to actually give it back to the people took like 33 years of negotiations and like bureaucratic just sort of legwork. And I just feel like it's the sort of thing that it's hard to imagine like someone 
reporting on this or like this story going viral in America since it's like a victory for people who we're not immediately familiar with and that's like done by bureaucrats basically but our world our culture is just so like anti-bureaucrat like from like books that we read in high school that were like 1984 and you know brave new world and like those sort of post-apocalyptic books that are like orwellian yeah that are just like or, or Kafka, like everything is just like being a nameless bureaucrat is like hell. But it's like, well, you can also like just work and grind on behalf of like really good cause. And I don't know that I feel like there's not a single place in our culture where like that is glorified other than like the occasional good news story. No, you where, don't want to get too much momentum of, uh, you know, colonizers giving shit back. Right. That's uh that's a dangerous game for a lot of governments. <laughs> They're like, oh, whoa, 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 what they do? No, 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 that's a one-off. I know. I was going to ask. You guys think that this is going to happen more frequently, or just every whatever twenty, fifty years, or some shit? Like, I don't know. I mean, I think the difference is be, uh, the one benefit is people are so interested in mm-hmm. like th- these kinds of power dynamics. I don't know if it's it's definitely not a, like a tipping point, but more and more people understand like what is right and wrong. Or, you know, how oppression works or how, like, you know, even being very underhanded with, like, bureaucratic paperwork to not, you know, uh, give land back. I, I don't know. I, I, I just see just increased awareness. And I, I deep down, I hope with increased awareness comes some kind of tangible change. But it, it, it definitely takes time. And I think, to your point, that's why it's good to focus on things like locally, because you have a lot more. You, you, when you know your communities and stuff like that, you know the people there, you kind of understand how power moves a little bit differently than yeah. trying to scream outside of Capitol Hill and being like, did you fucking the, did you do something? Yeah. What, you yeah. don't want to do another insurrection? Of black and brown nah, people? the first one was kind of whack. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of got like, away they were, Nobody us. was smoking weed. I was like, what the fuck? This is, no, this is not a party. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. And a New York Times columnist was pointing out that a lot of the sort of news leaks, a lot of the Wall Street Journal's reporting with these like Facebook leaks from behind the scenes of Facebook is being interpreted as like Facebook is this like massive, powerful company that's unstoppable. And like the thing we need to do is break it apart. And the the columnist is like, yeah, that's we definitely need to like break it apart. But Also, like what we're seeing is kind of more dangerous than them being this massive, like unstoppable juggernaut. It's actually like a company that is in trouble and that like recognizes its weakness and like is acting from a place of desperation. Like a lot, a lot of the leaked reports are about them being like, yeah, no, like just the shit that we know, like about Facebook that like it's for old people and like young people aren't really fucking with it. And becoming toxic for like younger people especially yeah like teen girls and things like that and they don't give a fuck they're looking at it like yeah yeah that's happening but what the fuck you want me to do man this engagement though but they like do recognize it like they that's being brought up in meetings is like okay there's all this shit that like kids hate about us we're toxic we have like these things that go viral that are like really bad for people you know we've helped spread genocides in other countries like these are these are bad 
stories that are like hurting our ability to like draw young people. But then everything like to a cellular level, like everything that they do is all about generating engagement. And it's just they can't change how people think of their platform because they it was it's been fucked up for so long. So like yeah. they they did this algorithm that was covered at the time in the mainstream media because uh, the mainstream media will just repeat anything that a massive tech company or the police tell them. But it was like they're doing this push to change the uh, state of the algorithm to be like more positive. What they actually did was like changed it to increase engagement. And that ended up just meaning that they increased the like posts that made people angry. Yeah, the the this uh, whistleblower Francis Haugen, who is the person who shared all those documents with the Wall Street Journal, they were on yeah. sixty Minutes, and I'll just play this clip of her describing just very bluntly how like how shit was working at Facebook, and then you you really understand it's like oh this is they don't give a fuck, and even no matter what the cost. Haugen told us the root of Facebook's problem is in a change that it made in 2018 to its algorithms, the programming that decides what you see on your Facebook newsfeed. So, you know, you have your phone. You might see only 100 pieces of content if you sit and scroll off for, you know, five minutes. But Facebook has thousands of options it could show you. The algorithm picks from those options based on the kind of content you've engaged with the most in the past. And one of the consequences of how Facebook is picking out that content today is it is optimizing for content that gets engagement or reaction. But its own research is showing that content that is hateful, that is divisive, that is polarizing, it's easier to inspire people to anger than it is to other emotions. Misinformation angry content yeah. is enticing to people and keep, keeps them on the platform. Yes. Facebook has realized that if they change the algorithm to be safer, people will spend less time on the site, they'll click on less ads, they'll make less money. Yeah. yeah. Burr, burr, burr. And it's just like, <laughs> this woman is just so fucking steely with her delivery on it, and you're like, and you just look at all of the things that we're seeing being compounded by the way Facebook gives people information. And you're like, they just, yeah. And, well, and you, what you, are heard, they do? you saw that the reason she decided to fucking whistle blow the fuck out of this shit is because she lost her friend to conspiracy theories online. Oof. I mean, that's so fucking sad. Yeah. And it's also that thing of like, I also hate that people need to have like lose something in order to feel like they need to do something good, you know, like that is, right. you know, double edged sword there. But I am glad she's doing it uh, and did it. Yeah. But it's one of those things where it's like, fucking hell, man, this shit is like so deep and dark and worse than I think we yeah. all can even wrap I, our hands around. Once and again. I think, I think everybody knows someone mm -hmm. that's just gone down the rabbit hole and it's like, hey, see you later. And you're like, you can't believe what has occurred. Mm -hmm. But then you realize, but you also, there was like, you can, I, there are people you can watch like, oh yeah, the posts were getting, like they were sort of gaining yep. speed the last couple of years in the way they would post on Instagram or Facebook. And yeah, it, it's, it's, it's like, a, it's such a pervasive issue that again, like what are they going to legislate finally? Or what do they do? Just let this thing thrash its way 
into total chaos as on the way down. And YouTube is also getting rid of the supposed vaccine misinformation too, right? They're taking shit down. And yeah, which, they are. But who knows what Somewhat that even means? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what... they said like of like the twelve biggest offenders. I know like a few days after that announcement, like two of them were still up. But I think it it seems like on some level they they want to do something about it. But I, I, it's hard for me to have a to think that they're having a reckoning with like. Well, I guess this just means we're going to have to make less money, folks. Right. Right. That's the like, one is thing. Is that actually being brought up in in seriousness? I doubt it. No, no, that's never, you know, <laughs> allowed. Could you imagine like a clip of that in a board, like a tape of a board? I mean, like, I mean, the alternative is we have to do the right thing and just, you know, just look at more engagement and begin to tell our ad partners that. People like, <laughs> But it's sad, too, because it, it, sometimes when I talk to my friends about things that they say yes to or things that they're wanting to say yes to in the industry, I, I will straight up be like, how much money do you need? Like, what what are you really getting out of this project or this thing that you're doing? And sometimes people like just hearing that fucks with their head. And it's really interesting that it's like it's no wonder it's gotten to this point, because if you can't even like. It, your individual like your friends people in your life have a problem with that concept it's like yeah no fucking wonder everybody's so fucking corrupt because like money right. is truly fucking with people's heads and and uh yeah fucking ugh, i don't know well, yeah the whole thing's and it's a mess. like it's like the same thing with you know what you're being what's being reflected back to you from society mm -hmm. is get yours because mm -hmm. there's not a lot out there so you right. better get yours because you don't want to be one of these other motherfuckers that don't got it mm -hmm. and until i think we're there's some kind of redistribution of values where people are like, nah, like it's not we have to get off the get yours mindset and it's more like get ours type shit, like for everybody to be able to say that there is enough that we're not dealing with such finite things mm -hmm. that there is a way to support people. And I think many people have a rigid idea of like, well, if that happens, that means I'll never go on vacations or blah, blah, blah. like, well, yeah, that's fine. You know, you, you're you're a normal working person like and everyone should have the flexibility to do that. But I think there's just a really good messaging machine on the other side, which is having people fear for what it means to create more equity for people, mm -hmm. which is like that means they're going to take your shit when really right. we're trying to come for the people from the Pandora paper shit. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's also interesting when I think about how like. Uh, like all these no news stories are connected, not connected, right? Because it's like I think about how, like, thank God those indigenous people got their land back, and then you you think about like influencers online now they're kind of exploiting the like the original traditions, like holistic traditions that yeah. indigenous people created, and you know like the, their ancestors took their land, and now these influencers are exploiting these indigenous traditions as like their fucking cool ass thing that they're selling online and they're mm -hmm. making money off of it. They're profiting. And I don't know. It's just like this weird cycle that like, as we went through these stories, I'm like, I saw the cycle in my head and I'm like, this right. is so weird how it's all connected and it's not connected and how everything just comes back to money. Well, yeah. And yeah. just like the phases of like being colonized, the land mm -hmm. will go first and then the people and then the culture. And it's like, yeah, we'll just get as much as we can out of this thing. Yeah. This column points out that you shouldn't be any less worried about Facebook because they're kind of in a desperate place because, you know, history has shown that companies that, like MySpace, they specifically mention like on the way down, they do a lot of damage. They, you know, sell user data to advertising firms. They fuck with your online information security. Right. And a good another good example of like how Facebook 
you know, the sort of bind that they put themselves in is like they, so there are, there's a problem on Instagram with people being sold products that are unhealthy, that like promote eating disorders. And the way that they tried to, like tried in quotes to combat that is just by banning like a couple obvious hashtags. Hmm. Like right. they're like, well, that no more. And then obviously the companies just create new hashtags. Right. And like, those... oh, so Thinspo is gone? Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. How about uh, hashtag snatched up? You know, that's yeah. what you start using. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what's that, that's always their problem is they, it's, they're just plugging these holes for another leak to just pop up on the other place because they're not just removing the boat from the body of water right. to fix it. It's like, no, right. no, nah, nah, I think we can, we can keep this going if we're just doing it like in this ad hoc way. And it's, yeah. Yeah. Cause I just think of, like you said, with MySpace going down, remember what Tom, Tom sold it to Fox, right? Yeah. Tom sold so it. No, imagine, Tom sold it to uh, or whatever company first. Yeah, yeah, Intermix, which sold it to Fox. Right. Yeah. So then, what happens if Narc Zuckerberg decides to cash out on Facebook? That's when right. I think it would go truly in another direction because someone right. goes, "Yo, if I can just get my fucking hands on Facebook, like mm. I'll turn this shit all the way up." Yeah, uh, and he'll be like, "Well, I already have my islands." So, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bye bye. All right, we do have to get to the Diana musical, yes. though. That's very important. Yeah, what a horrible news day. <laughs> yes. Jesus. I'm really glad I came on for this one, guys. What a laugh right I've been. Um, You're going to like this one, though, because this yes. is so bad, it's good. Okay. So there's a lot of Diana content, a lot of Diana tent coming out these days. Mm -hmm. There's The Crown, uh, the upcoming movie Spencer, where Diana's played by Kristen Stewart. And there's yet another fictionalized telling of the life of Princess Diana that just hit Netflix. Uh, it is a lavish Broadway musical recounting like her life through cringy pop rock songs and elaborate dance numbers. Yeah, I remember we first talked about it like when this came on the radar and we're yeah. like, oh, boy, this sounds like a mistake. <laughs> but we're blessed because these people actually recorded themselves performing this last summer. And it's on Netflix now, and what a what a sight for sore eyes. If, if that means a bad thing, I wasn't thing aware itself. of this whole thing, and until I think yesterday, is that there's a clip going around of two friends watching it, and they're trying to figure out how the woman, the woman playing Diana, she's singing to whoever the fuck, and then steps <laughs> into a stand-up dress, a dress that's standing, and so there's an extra in the dress, and that person steps out. And she like walks around, steps in. It's like shot perfectly, so you can't tell. But they're dissecting it because they're like, this makes no sense. She's like not moving. She's just sitting there trying to sing um, <laughs> because she stepped into the dress. That's the only right. thing I know about this at all. Like a I, paper I doll type thing? Kind of like, like a paper doll. Yeah, it's very wow. weird. And people, it's like going viral. And uh, that was the only thing I know about this. And it looks kooky. It looks I kooky. I mean, that might be the best thing because what you're sounding saying sounds like a good bit of like stage direction that people mm -hmm. are like, how'd they fucking pull that off? Yeah. Because the musical itself. Yeah, it's getting, mm -hmm. like, just killed. And in reviews, based on, like, some of the lyrics, at one point, Prince Charles sings, How about for a start, don't act like a tart, Diana. <gasps> what? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which she probably said to her. Right. That's <laughs> not, yeah, might not have rhymed. But when Prince William is born, he sings, Darling, I'm holding our son. 
So let me say jolly well done. It's just really uh, like take these writers to to creative prison. What are you doing? It there, sounds like, it sounds another, like Katy Perry wrote it. There's right. a scene right early on where she's just like entering like the phase of courting Prince Charles, and like there's like this paparazzi scene, this paparazzi dance number. Like they're all dressed like newsies oh and stuff. Oh my god! And it's she's like, oh my god! Like you know the whole sort of undertone, like you know the the thrust of it is sort of like these people are bad, but also like y'all are ingesting it. So who's really bad kind of a vibe. Oh my God. And the, well, there's one lyric where this, they're saying in a chorus, they say better than a Guinness, better than a wank. We take the pictures and this money in the bank. Hey, Oh my God. Really? Oh, better than beer or jerking off. <laughs> That's part of the, and then you're like, this is, this has gone completely off the rails. Well, I mean, it is showing that they're sickos. I, I, so when she, they, when she dies, are they, are they like tap dancing on her? Like, how does that work? They're just like taking her lifeless body and like posing it to do a dance number. <laughs> no, I didn't even get that far. Because like once I was seeing this, I was like, this is so bad. You know, it's just like, I don't know how you do a musical treatment of something that's like everyone else is like this is actually like pretty tragic if you really right. look at it closely and a lot of people only saw like the glitzy parts without understanding how tortured these right. people were do you ever you ever like turn something off in the middle of it or at the beginning of it just to like make a point because they're like i should finish this for work but i'm going to turn this off to send a message to these streaming <laughs> numbers let, info. yeah sometimes I'll, I'll rage quit like performative rage quit mm -hmm. you know but sometimes I just ran out of time. <laughs> so you're saying you were going to finish it? I, honestly, it's so bad. The dancing, it looks like the kind of shit, like, it looks like if a flash mob broke out on a cruise ship. And you're like, right. none of these motherfuckers got talent. That's like a cruise ship <laughs> you know on a mean? cruise ship during, yeah. a, during a storm. And they're like, yeah, during like a COVID, like you're on a COVID boat. Mm. And they decided, hey, let's do, a, let's do a flash mob musical real quick for these stranded passengers. Like and that's sort fever. of a, yeah. It, the choreography. It really, you know, as someone who just like survived shit. COVID, I don't find that comment funny at all, Miles. How <laughs> okay, dare I'm, you? I'm, my apologies. Apologize. I don't mean to say it to get it, make it that vivid, but wow. I, I hope the you point really was took me there. Listed. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's getting so. Some of the reviews are pretty like good. They said Chicago tri Tribune said that the R in streaming is optional. The Evening Standard said it's like being bludgeoned over the head by a commemorative crockery set. Mm. <laughs> That's funny. That's pretty good. I like that. And at one point they rhymed Camilla with the Thrilla in Manila. Mm. So anytime you feel bad about your own freestyling, you know, you can always remember that somebody actually wrote that shit down. Oof. Like, yeah, when it comes to sex... I'm similar to the Thriller in Camilla. And he's called me Biggie the Conifilla. Okay, I'm just thinking of that wow. rhyme. Rest in peace, B.I.G. And Diana, yeah. you jackass. <laughs> and Diana, and Diana, R.I.P. But yeah, I don't know if you could ever do something that is serious and add the level of camp that a musical brings and then it completely not have any meaning anymore. Yeah. There's a musical number sung by the queen in which she's sandwiched by two beds, one in which Diana is having an affair with James Hewitt and the other where Charles is fucking Camilla. Oh, my God. <laughs> the, it's just uh, I'm just looking at screen caps. I've not watched this, but their strategy is apparently to like ex let people see this and then they will be like, I've got to see it in person because oh, it wow. doesn't make sense. Right. Like the you ego. 
Right. Yeah. The, the only Broadway musicals that they've like released on like a streaming network are like ones that are, like a lot of people have seen and they've already succeeded. This is the first time that they were like, let's yeah. uh, put this out. Mm. Usually you secure your streaming bag after your Broadway right. bag. If yeah. you're a Broadway production, you'd imagine uh, you'd want to do it in that sequence. But shout out to Netflix. I, I don't I don't know how I was just thinking like how this whole thing, the whole time I kept watching, I'm like, I, I want to feel like you can make a musical about anything and then it works. But it's like the way they just focus on all these very like just superficial moments. And if there is something serious, it's like a throwaway line, Ugh, like right. in, a, in a lyric. You're like, that's not honoring them. It's like doing like a. Harriet Tubman musical, but it's like you map it over like Starlight Express because you just focus on the railroad part. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, come on, don't do that. Just don't even bother. Like, it's not, you don't have to go there. You don't have to go there. You can tell, you do it maybe with theatrically, but not with just the Harriet song Tubman and dance. going, I've been working on the railroad. <laughs> I mean, just it like... honestly, yeah, you're like, ooh, I don't know about this one. But that's what it's, at times, that's what I kind of felt with this when I'm like, I, this feels like. It's so weird. I do feel like I kind of have to watch this in person Ugh. now. I think I'm gonna oh, plan a, uh, Jack. You are a better <laughs> dancer a to... than the guy playing Charles. Whoa! Right. You that said that I know like you're... I'm not a great dancer. I know, but I'm saying you no, because this guy they say he's good, and I've seen you. I've seen you pop and lock, and this I guy. I want to see Jack <laughs> pop and lock. Oh, <laughs> you should see him. I'm gonna come swimming oh, yeah. and watch you pop and lock. We call yeah. him Boogaloo Doo. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's his that's his street that's his busking name. Wow! But yeah, the 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 there's a scene where he's like trying to like like send like a wave through his arms oh, and shit, God. and it wow. looks like he broke both his arms because they're so rigid, and he's just like, <laughs> like damn. <laughs> so it's like offensive to people who dance. That's like, funny. I, I need to watch Squid Game. I like I'm enjoying watching Squid Game, and yeah. yet I think I'm gonna have to watch this before I watch any more Squid Game. Wow. Just dose it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Gotta, Watch Plaster. it with your children, just a feel-good time. <laughs> yeah, when they're saying stuff like, better than a Guinness, better than a wank. Yeah. And your kids are like, what are those? You're like, I they're don't know gonna why care. I asked you they're to watch They're not going to ask any questions. We're like, oh, this is mesmerizing. I'm just a dumb kid. Like that. They they do find the one like word that I don't want them to listen That's to funny. and be like, what does that mean? Did like, he say gun? You know? No, he said yeah. gum. Gum. <laughs> yeah, uh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to blow your head off with this gum. <laughs> it's really good this- gum. You think this um, <laughs> fucking Meghan Markle shit like got everybody all excited to exploit the royal family again? Is that what's going on here? I think the I crown it yeah. did it. Mm. Uh, the Meghan Markle shit did it. But yeah, the crown, I think, is largely yeah, People are obsessed with that show, right? It's just more yeah. to Emmys and stuff. Yeah. And I feel like they left like the Diana part of the crown is not like as the strongest part of the show i feel like and so people are like hungry for some for some the diana stuff yeah, for yeah. also drama. feels like so long ago that people can exploit it again right yeah yeah, yeah. which is sure. funny because the i think the director of this also he like won a an award for directing a 9-11 broadway oh thing. my god are you serious yeah wait really yeah I no wonder. The, no wonder. I was reading the RogerEbert.com review of this because I'm like, what is RogerEbert.com got to say? It's, they gave that shit one and a half stars. Mm-hmm. And then they said, 
blah, 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 blah. It's the creative hand, it was being the creative hands of Christopher Ashley, director of the stage production and this film's performance. Ashley is also a Tony Award winner for his staging of the September 11th musical, Come From Away. Mm. So they, I didn't know that. I yeah, they won a Tony a for the, the people who wrote the lyrics won a Tony for Memphis, which I, I was not familiar with. But Oh, the 9-11 thing is about people who were stranded in Newfoundland because of all the the, the flights being oh, canceled because okay. oh, of 9-11. Yeah. So it wasn't like, so a 9-11 I'm adjacent. dying on the building. I'm going to jump off. I know. <laughs> I love you, honey. If I never speak to you again, hold on. I must insert my credit card for two more minutes. And you're like, this is Oh, Joshua. <laughs> that was actually really pretty. Uh, yeah, that was <laughs> Where can people uh, find you and follow you? You can find me at the North Bar in Chicago this Saturday, October 9th. If you guys are hey. in Chicago or the areas, please come out and see me. It's come out. Fun shows. Um, I'll probably be sitting because I'm still recovering from fucking COVID. Doing anything exhausts me. So uh, that's where oh. my lack of energy came today. But you know what it is, what it is, y'all. No, you Otherwise, I'm at Marcella Comedy on all social media platforms. Um, I have my album, The Woke Bully, that is still so fucking funny. And so good. The Scroll Down with Nicole Thurman is a podcast where we, we do do breakdowns of the week. Not like this. We don't do any boring news stories. So if you love the news, don't listen to yeah. it. If you love to hear us shitting on pop culture, we do that. So mm. And do it very well. Thank you. And is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've Oh been my enjoying? God. I Oh, so there's social media work. That's an interesting one. There is a young woman... Chiffon Taylor, she says, you make one valid point to your homegirl, and it's just a screenshot of her friend going, whose side you on? <laughs> and I found that so funny, because it's so true when you do that with your homegirls, or you just, like, make yeah. a point that has nothing to do with, I mean, not nothing to do with anything, but it's not, you're just trying to, like, speak logically, you know, diplomatically, right. and they're just like, bitch, oh, now you his friend now? Right. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Who side are you on? I'm yeah. like, I don't know. I'm reasonable. Yeah. I don't know. You're kind of being a bitch right now. Did you ever think about okay. that? Oh. <laughs> I needed you to be my homegirl who would be unreasonable with me. No questions <laughs> asked. Oh, oh yeah. My bad. Jack, where can people find you? Oh, my God. Thank you so much for asking. We usually do Miles first. But this pass. is this is Three Man uh, Weave. Go. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm Jack underscore o'brien on twitter some tweets that i've been enjoying let's see village of the uh, damned tweeted girlfriend i'm seeing someone behind your back me believes in ghosts is it my grandpa <laughs> dylan <laughs> dylan tweeted parentheses guy who caused it hey i'm staying out of this uh, <laughs> yep and then we have multiple i didn't even know you could do multiple i know i'm just we're out here shit. having multiples on air. Good for you. <laughs> and <laughs> Veda Huno tweeted, if she's your girl, then why does her late motif appear in part of my battle theme? Which I enjoyed. Uh, Miles. You're a, you're a fucking dork, Jack. Oh, wait. I just, <laughs> I just remembered a couple more dates. I'm in Fort Collins, Colorado. Colorado, October ACO. 22nd, 23rd. I, I know that you have a lot of listeners in Colorado, so come yeah, see yeah, me yeah. at the comedy on Fort or Fort. Some shit like that. I don't know what it's we called. owe them a visit too. Yeah. We owe y'all a visit out there, Colorado Zeit Gang. We do. Miles, where uh, can people find you? Oh Thank you gosh. so much, Marcella. Thank you for having me. You can find me at Miles <laughs> Gray on Twitter and Instagram and also my other show, 420 Day Fiance with Sophia Alexander. We're just getting high talking about 90 Day Fiance, the Lord's work. A tweet I like is from at Alex Holly, who tweeted, Library patron of the week. The fella who came in, wandered around for a good while, then asked pleasantly, 
what is this place? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. We talked about it last week, like how just unthinkable libraries would be like if if they hadn't already existed, like in our modern world, if someone was like, all right, I'm going to make a like place that has all the books and like for free. People would be like, what the fuck? Dude, they'd say it's critical race theory or some (laughs) shit. (laughs) You know what I mean? We like, oh, like four of us in the family used to work at a library, but my mom was reminding me of the story where um, there there were people steal books from the library. And I guess one of the ladies that worked there was like, we should be happy that they want to steal books. And I was like, that's (laughs) the cutest thing I've ever heard. They want to read, though. Well, I guess that's true. They're like, no, they're just, they're just rolling joints out of the blank notes in the back of those Bibles. They're stealing. Well, guys, thanks for joining me here on the Daily Zeitgeist. Hey. <laughs> Where can people find the Daily Zeitgeist, Marcel? Yeah. I don't fucking know. <laughs> fuck would I know You can that? find the Daily Zeitgeist uh, on... Where is it now? Oh, <laughs> so you don't know either, out. Miles. Where can people find the Daily Zeitgeist? Fuck, yo, you, you normally does this shit. Uh, <laughs> at Daily Zeitgeist on Twitter, at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram, uh, Facebook fan page, uh, website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes? Footnotes. And then uh, Jack asked me what we're riding out on. <laughs> hey, Miles, what song are we riding out on today? <laughs> hey, we're going to ride out on uh, this track, South by West from Unglued. It's a bit of drum and bass, you know, because I got Diana got me in that UK massive mm, mood. Massive. And this is a track I've been blasting just on my bicycle from the drum and bass bike ward. And it's just got a great like sort of jazz sample, but flips it into a nice drum and bass track. I feel like I'm look, watching an old like infinity car commercial from the 90s when like that used to be the theme of all commercials. So check this out. It's easy listening and it goes south by west unglued. Right. Well, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for us this morning, but we're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we will talk to y'all then. Bye. Bye. Bye.